0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss Podcast. My name is Rachel Autry, and I have the joy of sitting behind the microphone and talking to some of my favorite friends. We talk all things encouragement, ups and downs of life, and what's behind the bliss. Today's conversation is with one of my favorites. Her name is Trina McNeely. And when I say everything she touched turns beautiful, even the hard things. She just has a great way of turning perspective, offering some help, offering light into something that might seem really dark. And she has a new book that I am so passionate about because it is something that my soul needs. So I know that your soul might also need this. The book is titled Unclutter Your Soul, Overcoming What Overwhelms You. It's a three-step process that she speaks to, and we're going to talk all through those today. It is so possible to overcome this. One, it's a process. Two, it's something we can only do with Jesus. And three, Trina has so many amazing practicals that I cannot wait for you to hear. So if you have been feeling overwhelmed, if you are feeling like you just can't get ahead of life, that things just keep happening to you, or maybe you're having to go through consequences of decisions that you've made, you have too much on your plate, you just have had enough, and you're not quite sure where to start, I am so glad you pressed play today because today's episode is just for you if you haven't heard here is our fun news behind the bliss is launching an apparel line set your calendars for march 24th that's when all the pieces go live and they are so stinking fun so make sure you stay tuned by texting the word bestie b-e-s-t-i-e to the number 55444 our text and email subscribers always get the first news and you're not going to want to miss out on some of the fun things coming to you this spring and summer Trina, welcome to Behind the Bliss Podcast.
1: Hi, Rachel. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. Yeah, this is so overdue. This is so overdue. I have to say that because
0: for people Mm -hmm. listening, Trina and I know each other through a mastermind group. Yes. How would you explain our mastermind group? Like if someone's thinking, what's a mastermind group?
1: Hmm. Well, it's a group of, well, we're all ladies, uh, that... We all have kind of different jobs, but we're writers, podcasters, um, looking to to grow, and so we've just kind of come alongside of each other and hop on a Zoom call every two weeks and talk through issues that we're having in our work and even life too, and how we can support each other, give ideas, cheer each other on. It it really has been a wonderful wonderful thing for me and. Yeah, You know, I think the cool thing, well, I'm sure we'll get into it, but we'll talk about my book a little bit. But the, the cool thing is that I think at the beginning of that, um, when we started, you know, I just was having this idea for the book and starting to put my proposal together. And so it was awesome to be able to run ideas by and get insight. And then, you know, I kind of went through the pro- – the whole book progression and process uh, in this group Mm -hmm. and had awesome encouragement. So
0: I was so honored to be a part of that. I am not an author. I have no idea. Well, except from hearing from friends what goes into publication process. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: it's a beast. You are so fierce to walk <laughs> through it. And I was hearing all the ups and the downs and thinking, man, so literally anytime I hold a book in my hand, especially if it's one of my friends, it almost moves me to tears because especially mm-hmm. from you, I got to see the behind the scenes of what it takes to put a message that is so laid on your heart on a shelf for someone else to pick up on purpose or stumble across. And that is a journey. And I want people to know when we have authors on the show, it is mm-hmm. one A huge accomplishment to be sitting on this side of the process, like going to media, talking about what it is. I want listeners to appreciate the process of what it takes to put a book into the world because it is true birth. It is truly (laughs) real birth. And yeah, I appreciate you and want people to have the same appreciation. We are so privileged to be behind the scenes with you this weekend. This is my applaud, like Yay Trina. Oh, thanks.
1: And you helped me start my podcast, really. I mean, you are our podcast expert in the group. And I thought I'm going to give this a try. I blogged for over a decade. And naturally, I'd say my gifting is in writing uh, in written word more than speaking. And so I wanted to get better at that though. It's one of the reasons I did the podcast. And I don't think I would have been able to do it without the support of the women in the group and without your expertise and uh, that you made Trina. it not seem like this insurmountable project. But, <clears throat> excuse me, I felt like I can do this. And I had someone that I could go to to cheer me on and give me wisdom. So thank you.
0: <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I am thinking, anyone, if you have an idea for a podcast, it's time. It is so much fun. It's time. Yeah. It sounds wild just to talk to your microphone about something you care about, but it just reaches people's yeah. ears and I believe it changes the world. So all of that conversation... I'm all about conversation, especially on the internet, and I'm so excited about our conversation because, like I said before we recorded, this is a message for me right now, and Mm I might even cry in this episode because this is so for me, and I just care, and it means so much, and this topic is one that I'm burdened about personally, but I also feel the burden for other people too, so to bring it to the table and bring it to the light, I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. oh gosh, it's time. It's finally time, and then the way you talk about it Mm -hmm. is just so poetic Mm -hmm. and digestible and fun. Like you were talking about the podcast, it's not insurmountable. I'm thinking I can do this. I can overcome overwhelm. Mm-hmm. It's true. So will you tell us a little bit more about Trina and yourself if people are meeting you for the first time?
1: <laughs> well, thank you. I think that's the hardest question to be asked. Right? Like out of <laughs> so all the questions to be today- asked. Yeah. <laughs> or if you have to write a bio, even if you're a writer, it's hard. So I will just tell you, you know, like I would tell somebody meeting a new friend. So I'm Trina. I'm a Midwestern girl, um, born and raised in the Chicago area, just moved to Nashville with my family. I have four children, uh, two teenagers, one that just went to college this year, my only daughter. So that was sad. It's been a real year of transition, exciting times, but transition. And then I have three boys, uh, sophomore and then fifth and sixth grade. So I'm a busy mama four with everything sports, and I live in a house of boys right now. But um, but I love <laughs> all of the testosterone. All, oh man, sometimes I just walk around the house and like out of nowhere, like growl. They're like, "Oh, like what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> is this normal? I don't know. I mean, I think it is, but um, but yeah. So that's my life. But I love beautiful things. I think I have to say that about myself. Uh, I've blogged – well, I still have my blog for well over a decade. My blog is called La La Lovely. And my first book is called La La Lovely, The Art of Finding Beauty in the Everyday. So I love lovely things. I'm a (laughs) curator. I love to find things and share them with people. And so that, I just can't Beautiful. get away from that. It has a lot to do with who I am. So the boys live in the house that is white and I like a lot of pink. So they have to live among my white and pink and very girly style chandeliers. You might see up there. Um, and then you know, they wear camo and growl, so that's a little bit about me. Um, that is hope though for my life because right now I've got yeah. Max and Thomas,
0: obviously the men, and then Remy, who is also a boy dog. And yes, different, but it gives me hope because I'm thinking, okay, I can still have my creamy, dreamy, yeah. and white and bright lifestyle amongst the dirt and the grime yeah. and the boyhood, <laughs>
1: yes. You totally can. Just don't use flat paint. (laughs) Praise God. Okay, yes. And you you are an author and a writer. And uh, yes, I'm a writer. I I just like to write. Like I've just been writing since my Garfield journal in like fifth grade. So I I finally came to this conclusion that I mean it is awesome, and I'm so grateful to be a published author. But I'm just a writer. So even if that never happened again, I'm still going to be a writer because that's just. What I do, I enjoy that. Um, I come from a newspaper background. My family is like third-generation newspaper family, so I think I've got we call it ink in the veins. Hilarious. Um, so I love, I love that all things publishing, writing books, British mysteries. I'm kind of nerdy, really, but that's a bit about me.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it, la la lovely. It's so true. Like, yes, everything Trina touches turns to beautiful. I'm not even kidding. Mm -hmm. It's so funny because I think when I step Mm -hmm. back and look at this idea of overwhelm, which is what your new book is all about, I hear someone like you explain yourself and introduce yourself. And I'm thinking, what? Her life is beautiful. Like you said, you love beautiful curated things and you have the Nashville family Mm -hmm. and fun lifestyle. So someone listening on the outside mm-hmm. looking in, they're mm-hmm. thinking, Overwhelm? How? Yeah. All of her ducks are in a row. I don't understand. She's a published author. She's reached her goal. Like, do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. But this goes for anybody. I don't think it's a Trina thing. This goes for anyone's life. If anyone steps up on a stage and introduces themselves, people are very curious about how they could even experience overwhelm. But I know with you personally, that what you've shared in the mastermind, overwhelm is a part of your story. So I would almost love for you to share where this idea Mm -hmm. and this journey of overcoming overwhelm
1: and speaking about overwhelm came from. Yeah. So, oh, that is a Amazing question and a loaded one. So I'm going to try to yeah, be concise. Um, just speak from my heart, but also super concise. So, you know, I mentioned I was blogging my um, blog and book, or La La Lovely. I shared lovely things every week. And in those days, my children were younger, and I was putting them in front of the camera. And my house was being featured on um, in the Design Mom book. In um, oh. Style me pretty, just all over my home was being featured. I was living in my childhood home, which was kind of special and neat, and I was redesigning it. Um, it was in the years when, you know, Pinterest was originating and we all wanted this beautiful print- Pinterest, you know, pretty life. And so I think a lot of people could look at me and see that, but there's always things going on behind the lens, behind the square that we see on Instagram, right? Behind the
0: bliss, as you like to say. The
1: bliss. Yeah. Oh, now I'm sing-talking. That's the real me. <laughs> um, but right, behind the bliss, behind the lovely, there is stuff going on in I, I just want to remind people that I think we know that, but we forget when we're kind of gl- eyes glazed over and scrolling on Instagram because yeah. we are not seeing, you know, the, the laundry basket and, you know, <laughs> the haggard, tired face if we're just, you know, showing um, a home scene or something. There's so much going on. People are fighting so many private battles. And so that's a bit of my story. And so while I was doing my blog while I was finishing up Lala Lovely, the book, my family of origin was like spiraling. My parents um, separated and went through like an eight-year-long divorce process. While I was living in my childhood home, and it really like rocked me to the core because, you know, it was nearly 40 years of marriage. I just never thought that would happen. We had our dysfunction, and I say, doesn't everybody? Um, It kind of just becomes familiar, right? But that kind of opened up Pandora's box in my life. Then grandparents started dying. Um, I had to leave my childhood home. Everything I kind of talk about is through the lens of home, just to give you an idea. So, La La Lovely has a lot about home. I have images of that house in that book. And even in this book, Unclutter Your Soul, Overcome What Overwhelms You, I talk about that house because I was in the process of leaving it and it was really difficult. There was addictions going on in my family. That's a big part of my story. Um, it's not entirely my story, so I you know, share bits that I can that you know people have given me permission to share. Um, and I dive into it a little bit more in this book. But just learning to grieve. I was going through so much loss and grief. Loss of um, ideals of what I thought my family should be. Loss of um, what I had hoped for. You know the the kind of dreams that you have for family and grandparents and this together dream that I had. Um, a loss of identity, really, because I had mm-hmm, so much mm-hmm. identity wrapped up in my family of origin. I didn't even know it at the time. I would have told you it was entirely in Jesus. And that was my honest belief till he started just getting into every nook and cranny of my heart. So that was going on, losing grandparents, the addictions, you know, grieving people that were alive. That's a really hard thing that we don't talk about. Yes. Um, yes. I write a little bit about that in the book, like ambiguous grief um, where you, you know, maybe you have someone that is suffering with addiction and the whole family suffers, you know, they, they say it's a family disease and you're, you, that person has lost their, I call it like their isness like who, who they are, or you, you've, or you've lost a home or you've moved and you've lost a community and a way of life. I know you've moved a lot, Rachel, and, um, yeah, there's loss there. I mean, there's, there's hope and new future and and reasons and you know exciting things about it but there's also loss and so maybe it's a family member with you know dementia or mental illness those are types of ambiguous grief so there was so much grief going on and i'm a super private person as i'm going through things um and and trying to work things out in my journal and with the lord but that was all going on and i was just over whelmed, like couldn't almost function at times, and, and anxiety, depression were kind of going off the charts. Chronic stress, just off the charts for me. So that's a bit of the background um, behind, you know, the pretty pictures and. The La La Lovely Life.
0: So good to hear this part of it all, though, because this is, like I said earlier, this is not a Trina thing. It's not a Rachel thing. It's not whoever's listening thing. This is a human thing. This is something we all have or will experience. So to think that you're alone is wrong. And to think that this is never going to affect you, you're wrong. This is something we either are battling or we need to start Mm -hmm. preparing the tools to battle one day. And I love how you approach this because you kind of broke the right. book into three different parts. You have what it takes to overcome overwhelm. Like yeah. when I when I read the subtitle, Overcoming Overwhelm, I thought to mm-hmm. myself, but how? Like it's, it's huge. How do you eat an elephant? Where it's do you loaded. start? It's huge. <laughs> and this is one of those things. So I love how you broke it down that it's about mm-hmm. observing yourself. It's about owning what is going on and who you are and all the things. And then it's about overcoming yeah. finally. And so those two first steps, I think people... People are so quick to jump over because it's just so no fun, but I want you to just yeah. go through the first step because that's probably the part that I got most right. stuck on and it's harder for me to do, just observing what the heck is going on. We walk us through this process yeah. personally or generally for whoever's listening. Mm-hmm. I'll kind of let you have that freedom okay. of how you approach probably this. do a little bit of both, but okay. observing,
1: <laughs> yeah, observing is kind of the first step and mm-hmm. I'm naturally an observer so that one isn't that hard for me except that I got stuck in it because that's what I'm good at and then it was like I was observing all of you know the junk and then I was like me <laughs> obviously overwhelmed yeah. with it like it was like I was stuck in mud but I think for so many of us you know there are going to be ones that are naturally observers and then there's going to be ones that are like you know avoidant like i don't want to i don't want to deal with that it's too much i'm just going to keep going and going and going right and i think this you know the pandemic the way that life has turned for all of us it kind of obviously you know put us in this halt where we had time and you know we couldn't use our regular coping mechanisms of you know, pushing through and being busy, right? So, so many people got to physical decluttering, you know, we're stuck in our homes, we're going to do these projects, DIY, we're going to declutter and that's good and necessary and it feels good. But then, you know, there you are, you're with yourself, you know, you still have all of this internal clutter. And so, Observing means you just really look at it. And I like to use the house analogy because how many of us have like opened the garage or the attic or the basement, you know, and like you open the door and you're like, oh my gosh, there's so much mm-hmm. junk in here. <laughs> and Especially like Especially
0: when you move. Yeah, yes.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't want to go through it. And we all have different reasons why we don't want to. Mine, one of mine is, is talk about getting stuck. I mean, I will go through every yearbook, and old letter. And I did that when I moved. um, And it was interesting. But yeah, but you have to go through it all. You have to really look, open up every door, open up every plastic bin, because we stuff stuff. Even if we are observers, you know, there's still stuff. And when this whole process for this book, you know, there is a process, but it's with the Holy Spirit. And that's what's gonna make this different. And the Holy Spirit is the one that brings transformation in our lives. And so when we invite him into this process, then he like leaves no nothing untouched, you yes. know, no stone unturned. And as we start to go through the process and observe what's going on inside of ourselves, then he's gonna help you unpack it even more. You know, where where did this originate? Why do we think it originated? Or for me, you know, it was unpacking a lot of like coping mechanisms or behavioral patterns. And so I had to, you know, go back in my life in order to go forward. So I call it like taking inventory and there's a resource, you know, if you get the book, there's a resource in it that can help you go through your unclutter, go through your clutter, excuse me, and begin to unpack Those boxes, those things that you've been hiding, those familiar things that are sometimes just too close, and you need somebody to come alongside of you and gently show you, like, "Hey, you know, this isn't this isn't serving you well. This isn't helping you to grow and become a vibrant person. This is this is holding you back." So we all need that. I did.
0: Yes, I do too. I mean, imagine if you had a house or an attic or a basement or whatever, and you never got rid of anything. You just kept buying or borrowing or kept thrifting, yeah. and you just never did anything with it or threw <laughs> it away or donated. I mean, that's what someone would call a hoarder. Mm-hmm. And it's the same for us. We can do that with yeah. our souls. We can come to this unhealthy place where we think, yes. I don't want to face it. I don't want to open it. I don't have the time. I don't know what I'm going to see or whatever excuse you want to come up with to the point then you're kind of mm-hmm. not able to see. See what's valuable through all the clutter that's there so yeah observing huge huge for me I was that person that was so intimidated to start the process yes but yeah journaling helped me a ton just even externally processing all the things and I love what you said about how your resource is available it's incredible but how's but also having someone come alongside of you, whether it's through this resource or someone that's around you or through counseling Mm -hmm. or just your community and having a third party to sit there with you and Mm -hmm. say, hold on, wait, this doesn't make sense. We should revisit this. I love it. Now it's time to own some things and take responsibility for some things. This is also an intimidating idea because if you grew up in a house like mine and had a dad like mine, when you heard the words, it's time mm-hmm. to take responsibility it almost came with this negative connotation like i was about to get in trouble yeah. or i need to lose my pride because i've made a mistake but taking responsibility is so much of a greater idea it's taking responsibility yeah. over what you've done well yeah. also the mistakes and where yeah you have messed up but it's owning your decisions and it's just mm-hmm. it's so much bigger and it's about all of it so talk to this idea of owning it the second step through this process
1: yeah. owning that was the hard one for me okay. so i would observe and get stuck. But then I, I, one last thing about that I want to say is, and through the, about this whole process is there's not like this specific timeline that you have to adhere to because it's very individual. And especially when we work with the Holy Spirit. So as I was taking forever and observing and the Holy Spirit was showing me like, it's time to move on. But at the same time, um, I really kind of found out that it was okay that I was taking time because I was being thorough. And when we when we don't do that then it's hard to move on to the next step. And when we really pay attention, I say paying attention precedes change. When you really get a good look at what is there, you're going to be like moved to action. Where if you don't, then you're just in the overwhelm of it because it's too much. But as you sort through it, then you're going to naturally start to progress towards action. And for me, that was owning. And, you know, I own is a petite word I like to say with, but it's got a lot of punch. It's a powerful word, right? So I grew up in a home where my dad owned newspapers and I'm, you know, my husband owns a business. So I'm very, Kind of close to this word own in the sense of like business. And I know the whole responsibility aspect of it. I'm a firstborn child, like I'm super responsible, Um, almost to a fault. And so really, I had to stop and think. Um, it came at a time, actually, this owning idea and concept, it's not obviously any original other people talk about this, but for me, when I was having to move out of that home and you know, I'd owned a home for a long time because so I'd been married quite a while and I kind of grew up with the idea that we work to own. And that was really, really hard for me to let go of that home and go into a season where we were renting a home and it was very, it felt like transient. And I'm a person that wants to have deep roots and I wasn't going to own anything then. And that's when the Lord began to speak to me and he said, you know, we're going to work on owning your inner home and decorating and designing the inner home. We're going to put a pause on all of the outward stuff and begin to work on the inner home. So I had to really begin to look at all that stuff that I had uncovered and observe and own it, the good, the bad, and the ugly.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. so hard.
1: And and looking to see, you know, what I really love to tell people about this part of the journey is sometimes it's hard because the things that we're overwhelmed with or suffering, it's not something that we brought upon ourselves. That's right. right. Yep. Uh Maybe, maybe some, you know, choices have um repercussions. So maybe you're overwhelmed, you know, because of a choice that you made. Maybe you're overwhelmed because of a choice that a parent or a spouse or a child made. Um, I don't know. But we have to begin to look at, well, what can we take ownership of in that situation? So for me, I was so, you know, overwhelmed with chronic stress because of everything going on with my family. It was you know, just a lot of legal stuff at the time too. It was just too much. I had little kids 18 months apart, uh, and I was having a hard time functioning, but I had to look and say, well, You know, I might not have caused this stress per se, but how am I participating in the stress? Am I staying up too late? Am I eating junk food? Am I not taking care of my body? And the answer was yes, 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 and yes. Yes. And so I had to kind of work through those things. Or was I not making decisions? You talked about um, a chapter. I think it's the one we're talking kind of about being the boss of yourself. And one thing my dad told me always growing up, he had all these sayings. Um, but one of them was no decision is a decision. And so there was just a lot in my life that I was just so overwhelmed. I'm like, I don't want to make a decision, but that was a decision in itself to avoid. I had to work through a lot of avoidance in my life at that time.
0: Dang, that is so good. This is all so good. The end of that whole part, there's a chapter about being alone with yourself or being with yourself, and it was almost... The real test, I would say, to seeing if you've done the owning process well, can you turn off everything and just sit there with your own thoughts? Can you do it? And how long can you do it? Can you stand yourself? Are you kind to yourself? Are you bitter? Just examining that whole thing really started, honestly, just putting a lot of things on display for me, just if I was comfortable with myself. Am I am I proud of myself? And I love how you keep mentioning the whole, The Holy Spirit, because I think if anyone was listening to this episode, they could think like, oh, I could do this by myself. And sure, Mm -hmm. if you want to go for it by yourself, try it by yourself. Mm -hmm. But I don't think we're going to get very far if we do it by ourselves. We're just going to stay sitting alone in our overwhelm. And we just can't be with just us. I think it's a beautiful opportunity to Mm -hmm. see the power of what the Holy Spirit does, the Holy Spirit really is there to comfort and to guide you in this process. So please, like if you hear anything throughout this whole episode, I hope that you have taken away this one point that through any process, whether it's getting through overwhelm or grief, or you fill in the Mm -hmm. blank, the Holy Spirit has to be present or else you probably won't finish the project at hand or you might, but it might be compromised in some way. Mm -hmm. So, I just want to reiterate that this is not a woo woo concept.
1: Like, you can do it, boo. You can do it by yourself mm-hmm. because, no, you can't. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's true. That's been true in my life. And, you know, the Holy Spirit, He's our ever present help, our advocate, and our counselor, our wonderful counselor. And so, I'm not saying don't go to counseling. Please do both. But think of it like this like, He can lead you to the right counselor, right? I mean, I've been through several and it takes, you know, a while to, to find the right fit, but he can, he can lead you through that. And there's so many times that, you know, I would go through the observing process and, you know, just doing my personal study and all of that and try to work through what was going on, the overwhelm. And then I'd get to the counselor and I'm, they'd give, you know, say, try this, try that. And I'm like, Wait a minute! <laughs> I did that. I don't know how I knew, but it—you know—I it, can only say it's the Holy Spirit. So I, he's like a super boost in That's the process,
0: right. an enzyme for all my science <laughs> friends out there. It speeds it all up. I love it. I also think something that I took away from your book is that this is a process. Rachel yes. loves to think of things like, okay, we got a deadline, we've got steps and yeah. actions, we have time constraints, which is not true. But another lie, I like to believe that this is a one-time think, that you will overcome the overwhelming period, that this yeah. isn't something that will be a dot, dot, right. dot. And it is just naturally. It is just because of who we are and our flesh and the fact that we have to revisit things. It's going to be a process. We'll come back to it. And we might even have to repeat steps yes. one, two before we ever get back to three. And I just think this is so much more fluid than mm. brains like mine like to yeah. think it is. This whole idea is just so beautiful. Thank you. Overcoming overwhelm. It's a process, but it's possible. And even if you don't
1: get to where you want to be, I bet you're one degree closer. Yes. And that, you know, be be kind and be gentle with yourself because God is kind and gentle with you. And he's not in a hurry with you. And so don't don't be in a hurry with your process with him. And he's got the perfect timing. And I love what you said about the overcoming, if I can just Say this is that it's a it is a process that word is loaded and and I'm like you where I'm like you know it's it's this arrival that I want to get to I'm just probably a lot slower (laughs) than you but it's this arrival that I want to get to but it's not first of all it's who we are because if we are um, believers then Christ calls us overcomers He is an overcomer and it's a thing that we do we are overcoming it's a process there's always going to be new things to be overwhelmed with what what <laughs> that stinks <laughs> yeah. but it's the world we live in and so we're overcoming it something that we can practice doing and participate in with the holy spirit and yeah you're right this this whole idea for me the beautiful thing is is it's it's a process that I use now, and I use it in the everyday and kind of on the fly. Uh, it is a longer, long form process, but then it can be a really great, quick tool to use when you feel overwhelmed in the moment or stressed out or anxious. I kind of pause and I'll just, you know, be with myself for a minute and just think, wait a minute observe, why am I really overwhelmed right now? What's really happening underneath, like beneath what that person said to me um, or, you know, beneath, you know, the fight that just happened or whatever. What's really going on? And then what can I own? Is there something that I said that I shouldn't have said or some, am I, you know, coping in an unhealthy way? Is there a better way that I can cope? And then remembering that I'm an overcomer And then just in participating in that ownership, I'm overcoming. And then I say, keep going, girl. (laughs) Keep going.
0: (laughs) It's so good. I literally could just hear you talk about this for forever. It's so good. The cool thing, too, is if we overcame this and it was a done deal, I don't think that we would feel the need for the father like we should. Like he says his power is made perfect in our weakness so we should boast all the more gladly in our weaknesses we should go through these processes yes. more to draw us back to the need that we have something greater than ourselves and the joy of the lord is our strength the muster of rachel is not it's like you know yes. we have to rely on him and what he provides me yeah or else we will be at the beginning of this thing over and over mm-hmm. and over again it'll be so frustrating to lean into the overwhelm and lean not on our own understandings, no. and in all of our ways trust him, because he's the only thing that can make our path straight. These 33 minutes yeah. were totally for me. I feel <laughs> so much more full than I did coming oh. into this, and I hope our friends listening did too.
1: Good, and that peace and joy is available in the process. I do want to say that, because I was you know, looking for that finish line arrival, like when I get through this, then things will feel better, and I'll, I'll have peace and joy. No, it's available to you, while you're in it, you know, God is our peace. He tells us to pursue peace. And like you said, the joy of the Lord is our actual strength in the process. And, you know, we can strategize for joy. I've got a little section with some pointers on how we can strategize and participate in joy, not just wait for it, but actually make it happen right in our here. lives. That's right. So I just want to encourage everyone, you know, that maybe might want to take this process of uncluttering their soul, that there is peace and joy available to you as you go through this process and you create more space for it.
0: Oh my goodness. Yes. If someone wanted to get their hands on this book, will Mm -hmm. you just spiel where they can find you and the book and all the things?
1: Yes. Well, it's wherever books are sold. So you could find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all of those familiar places, you can visit my website, trinamcneely.com, for some sample chapters if you want to get like the first three chapters to just read and see if it might interest you. And I've got resources on my website as well.
0: Oh, I love it. And we'll link all of this in our show notes too. So our friends don't have to go guessing or searching. Just go to our show notes. Yes. We'll have everything you need there for you. But I do have one more question before we leave. And it's one of my favorites. Okay. And it's probably one of the hardest. Uh-oh. You thought introducing yourself was tricky, Uh-oh. but this is actually really okay. tricky. What's one thing you're loving these days that you have to share with
1: our friends listening? Oh, boy. That's like one of those. I told you. I know that I'm like. Hmm. Let me think about that ahead of time. Everyone
0: always starts looking around their room. It's like the one thing people do. My bedroom. I like my TV.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um. Actually, I do because it's like art, but I have it off right now, which is not lovely. Do you have the frame TV? I do have the frame TV. Oh, oh, I'm so jealous. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Highly recommend it. When it goes on sale, it is. It is actually (laughs) affordable. Um, which is when I got mine, (laughs) I would say, Rachel, Oh, what am I loving right now? I'm loving this is, I guess, kind of boring, but I love my Nespresso maker, which is well, all my hot drink makers. I And I have to do decaf, which is really unfortunate, but caffeine doesn't like oh, me. no. But I love my little frother. I put my oat milk in it and make my decaf Nespresso. And then I also have a Smeg electric kettle, which is my favorite. I would give up the Nespresso for the tea maker, actually. Yeah? Okay. I would. Yes. I love that thing. So I'm a little bit more – I guess I probably am more of a tea drinker. I've got my tea now. Do you want to see my cute cup? Oh,
0: my gosh.
1: it's so The um, Royals. Will and Kate (laughs) with my lipstick on it. So I love my tea, um, but that smeg kettle, you just hit the button and it just makes hot water in an instant. And then I have have my afternoon tea and my nighttime chamomile.
0: Uh, Wow. This is magical. I have so many friends that always (laughs) recommend chamomile and always recommend like any hot herbal tea. That's one of a really popular thing. Another hit the nail on the head. Yeah. So this is the sign. Go treat yourself. Get a hot drink.
1: Yeah, it's it's comfort. It is. It's comfort, and I think we need those little creature comforts when we're doing yes. the hard work <laughs> of uncluttering our souls. When we face the hard things and don't avoid them, then we we have to have a few creature comforts That's and right. a warm hot drink to give you comfort is necessary. I love that about the British. No matter what, it's let's put the kettle on and. They give you extra sugar in your tea when something bad happens. At least that's what I see on my,
0: no way. my
1: British Mysteries. But yeah,
0: That's what's on BBC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my gosh. Trina, you are a treat and just so much fun to spend time with. I wish people would just actually spend time with you in real life, but this gives them a good glimpse into who you are and what
1: you give people, and I'm just so grateful for you. Oh, I'm grateful for you. I love you, friend, and I hope you come to Nashville sometime so we can- uh, I'm there. Say yeah. no more. <laughs>